Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Oh my goodness. All right, so guys, we have been plumbing into exhaustion. Who's exhausted? Sweet, you're in the right place. And it's so funny. I keep thinking, wow, we've, we've come to the end of the sources of exhaustion. God's like, oh. And then in my heart, he dropped this doozy. Now, many of, may, maybe you know, but, but my, my life in Christ has been marked by periods of really rapid growth and then periods of long stagnation. Anybody? Does that sound familiar? Woo! All right, you know. I remember um, when I first came to the Lord, I was 15 years old and I didn't know better. So I just talked to God like four to six hours a day. I read my Bible two to three hours a day. I memorized scripture and I fasted and prayed and didn't know better. I didn't know any better. And then I met Christians and I learned better. (laughs) And even so, like for the first semester of, of my 10th grade year, I would, I would get up at 5.30 in the morning and pray for like two hours I sat and read the Bible, and I had such a good time. And then I lost it. And ever after, I was like, okay, how do I get back there? How do I get back there? What do you guys think I did to try to get back there? Try. Try, yeah. Do all the same things. I, I need to get up at 5.30. How, how well do you think that worked? Oh, you guys were there. Oh, you guys, be, okay, uh, 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 I just need to read the Bible more. How well did you think that help, happened? Ever chewed gravel? I, I was like, I, I just need to pray more. Right? All it did was create more and more shame. And for years, I was like, what was my trick? What was my trick that I grew so quickly? I knew it. I was at a conference and they got me. They like hooked up the wires and shocked me into, and I, and I was changed for five weeks. Anybody? So the answer is go to another conference. Who here you found diminishing returns? The next conference, it was three weeks. The next one, it was one week. Then it was three minutes. Then you couldn't even get a flicker. No, nobody? Are you my people? Okay, good, good, good. Okay, four, two of us. Okay. And I've been like, Lord, what is the secret? What is, who here has gone over heaven and earth looking for the secrets? My secret people, come on, you know, secret searchers. You know, there's a reason why the biggest new age book is called The Secret. That should be your in on looking for secrets. Do you know the number one heresy that has derailed the church throughout all of history is secrets? It's called Gnosticism. Guys, have anybody here, you're in a relationship with someone and you're trying to figure out the secret to fix the relationship, a.k.a. fix them? Are there any secrets to fixing somebody else? Is there any secret to fixing a relationship? I mean a one and done. Anybody tried them? Manipulation. (laughs) Right? No, there's literally, there's no replacement for literally showing up moment by moment vulnerably with another person. There's no solution. There's no, so stay with me. In, we have a relationship with God and it's the same way. And so one of the things he showed me is he, he finally unveiled the secret. You guys ready? 
for $9.99. You too can know. Here's the secret. You ready? You ready? Trust and obey. I know you were hoping for something more than that. Um, trust and obey. Wait, stay with me. Stay with me. Another way to say that is see and do. Another is, is uh, experience and then respond. Anybody had this, this situation where you were in such an amazing worship set and you just, I just want to lay at your feet and never move again and pay my car payment. Yes, Lord. I just want to stay in the house of the Lord. Never have to have responsibility ever again. Nobody? No, okay, just me. Good. No, no, there's this thing. There's this idea that, oh my gosh, this is so good. Why don't we build three tabernacles here and never go down the mountain? Who, somebody said that, right? Peter, right? And what did Jesus, what did, what did, what did Father God say to Peter? Shut up and listen to my son. And Jesus said, if you love me, you will do what? Obey my commands. Do you want to know obedience is never general? I love you. Love looks like something, doesn't it? Right? Obedience looks like something. It's a specific, measurable thing. Have you ever... Okay, who here? You made a... Uh, a um, what do you call it? Uh, a resolution. New Year's resolution. I'm going to be a better person. Do you think... What's your success rate with, uh, with that? Or I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to lose weight. Whatever it is. It doesn't happen. Why? Because it's general. See, obedience has to be specific or it doesn't actually exist. Same thing with the relationship. Yeah, you guys ever seen the couple that they're like, like um, there's an old comic called Zitz and there was a, a, a boy and a girl in there called Will and Tracy, no spaces. They were literally joined at the braces. You ever knew that eighth grade couple, you know, they were just like, they, they never, they never stopped touching. They were like Siamese twins. Is that a relationship? No, a relationship involves literally, I, yes, I experience you, but then I go away and you trust me. Yes, we experience you, but then I do things for you. Yes, we're having a good time. But listen, love is not just the crack cocaine of adoration and the heebie-jeebies. Love looks like something. It's an action. And actions are specific. Obedience is specific. And I'll give you a hint. Which is easier to do? Little obedience or big obedience? Little, right? Now, some of you, you're like me, and you prefer big obedience because it's all in one. You know what a, what a big obedience looks like? It looks like standing on an airplane, opening the door and jumping. You will reach the ground very quickly, but you will not survive. Who are my people? You're like, you know what? I, I want to lose weight, so I'm never eating again. How's that going to work for you, right? You're going to be dead, right? Right. No, but the thing about it is obediences, the most successful obediences are small obediences. Well, what happens? I trust, I and then he, 
if I'm experiencing God, he's going to give me an act of obedience. And then what am I going to do with that act of obedience? Do or not do. There is no try. In the words of Yoda. Right? What? Literally. Okay, who here? So, okay, now this is where the rubber hits the road. Okay, guys? There are two options on obedience. Obey or don't. Disobey, right? Don't. Don't obey. All right. So here's my question. Why don't we obey? Fear. Fear? Okay. Yeah, Caleb? Um, too, hard. too hard. What else? Defiant. Defiant. Nobody gonna slow me down. Come on. Huh? Oh, love something else. Uh Uh-huh. Love other things. What was that, Scott? Don't understand understand what? Ah. (laughs) You were there. (laughs) I probably didn't hear that. That's just stupid talk. Anybody? Anybody? Unapplicable. Come on. All right. What's that? Exhaustion. Okay, let's stop there. Or I'd run out of board. All right. Um, and I and I heard inexplicable. All right. So here's the deal. I want to go back? Watch this. Watch this. This is this is a magic trick. You get ready. I'm going to get rid of all of these. You want to watch? Don't don't blink. Don't blink. All right. Am I scared of big things or small things? Okay. So let's go small. Am am I scared of really, really, really hard things or just somewhat hard things? Which one's scarier? (laughs) All right. You guys are cheating. What I want to submit to you is oftentimes, if the devil can't fight you, he'll help you. What he says is, do, you say, do this, he says, do this little thing, and we blow it into a big thing. Yeah. Give you an example. You guys know how I've had my issues with uh, the people who cut my hair, because I have issues. <laughs> and God moved with the Thai lady. But I still hadn't gone back to the first place where God had told me to go and ask forgiveness because I was a jerk. Southern jerk, but still jerk. You know what I mean? Well, I went back on Thursday. It's been six weeks since he told me to go. Now, I did try to go several times just for the record. I just want to say I did try. But I went and I walk in and sure enough, it's that girl. She takes me. I'm like, and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm ready to commit Harry Carey. Here I am, a living sacrifice. <laughs> do you know what I've done in six weeks? What, what do you think I've done in six weeks thinking about this? Make a small thing really big? Fear about it? Go round and round, yeah? Build it up? Avoid? 
Make excuses? I can't go because blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I'm getting smarter in my old age. And I've learned that this thing don't help much. So I've learned to stop it because small obediences are achievable. Big ones are usually impossible and fatal. He just told me to go and ask forgiveness. He didn't say what would happen. Who are my people? You'll only obey if there's a certain outcome. Good luck, camper. Because the outcome determined is based on a free will individual a lot of times. Anyway, but, I, but there's more than that. He just told me to go. Do you guys remember in the Bible, there was a guy who had been waiting for a son for like, I don't know, 100 years. And then the son came and God goes, you know what gods in this region do? They make their people kill their kids for them. I bet you, you think I'm going to ask that of you, don't you? All right, let's see it. You know what I thought God wanted from me? Groveling. Anybody here? Humiliation. And so God sometimes will call your bluff. Oh, really? You think that of me? And so he goes, and he goes up on the mountain. He's like, ah, I trust you, God. I don't see how this ends well. And God goes, all right, enough, enough. Here's my son. Here, here's a ram in place of it. So I get in there, and God goes, I don't, I'm like all prepped. Like, I'm all prepped to, like, abuse myself for Jesus' glory. Anybody? Nobody? Okay. And, and God goes, don't apologize. I'm like, Jesus. he's like, I want you to love her. I'm like, I have not seen her as a person worthy of love up till now. Why? Scared. Been scared? She disappointed. she disappointed me? Well, you guys are way better than me. I'm just thinking about myself. I haven't had time for her. Right? Anybody here? You just get all, the three of us. Okay. And, and so I'm, I'm sitting there and he goes, love her. And all of a sudden I kind of like open up my eyes and I'm like, there's a person standing there. Right? And she goes, she goes, what do you do? Nobody ever asked me that. And I try to avoid it on all costs for obvious reasons. I'm a pastor. No, I said, I can't do some stuff with the church. She goes, oh, so you're a pastor and such. I said, and such. And she goes, and she looks at me. She goes, I love me, Jesus. I was like, you do? She's like, yeah, I've got all these stickers. Holy, holy up here. I love Jesus. I'm like, you do? You love Jesus? Wow. And she goes, do you have a testimony? I said, well, yeah. And so I tell, I tell the story of, of how I met Jesus and all that. And she goes, me too. She said, I was new age. And, uh, and, uh, and I, uh, I was living with a guy who, who uh, was cheating on me. And I didn't know how, what, how I couldn't figure him out and whatever. And I just cried out to God. I said, if you're real, show me a sign. And he said, and she said, in, in a dream, he gave me my boyfriend's passcode to his phone. How's that for a word of knowledge? Now, ladies, before you try this at home, that's witchcraft. When you ask for it, it's witchcraft. When he gives it, it's grace. Just work in there for you. All right, moving on. And, uh, and, and sure enough, found out he's cheating, got rid of it. And, but she said, I, I still stayed new age for a bit because I didn't understand that the enemy comes as an angel of light and everything in the new age is light, light, light. But I realized, you know, don't play with devils. I'm like, oh, you we good. On the way out, God, because I'm starting to love her, I'm starting to feel that love that comes from God. I looked at her, I said, do you have pain in your joints? And I saw she had a tattoo on her, on her, on her neck and it was just kept riveting my eyes. She goes, actually, 
yeah, I've got pain right here. I said, can I pray for you? Right there in front of everybody at the, at the cash register, prayed for her, the pain left. That was not how I saw this going down. Why? Because all the time I was thinking about me. I was thinking about fear. But when I did the one little step and continued to hear, right? I continued to hear and then obey. Guess what? It's a constant cycle. Anybody here, you're dreaming of the day you don't actually have to live in desperate dependence on God for every breath? Don't go to heaven. This is what we do. I listen and obey. Listen and obey. And the smaller the acts of obedience, the more he can string together something big. But when we try for something big, we often fall flat on our face. So disobey. So let me get, okay, who are my people? Anybody? Okay, you don't do this. I'm just going to prime the pump. Maybe you'll see your neighbor in this. So I call this alternative obedience. Now this one just costs $55.99. So alternative obedience. Okay, God says do X and you offer Y. Y. Right, right? You know what I'm talking about? He asks for X, you offer him Y. Okay. Okay. Uh, who, who are my people? Is this obedience or disobedience? Is, let's just call it a spade a spade. Okay. All right. Let me try this one. He says, do it now, and I delay. That's your favorite? Yeah, delay. Who are my delayers? Hopefully, he'll change his mind. Listen, I spent six weeks. He didn't change his mind. Now, the funny thing is the situation changed, and I probably, if I'd gone in six weeks, apologizing would have made sense. But after six weeks, he's like, we got a whole nother plan. But you needed to deal with your heart. Does that make sense? Like delay, delay is still disobedience. When's the easiest time to obey? Now, before you've started to blow it up into a thing. Anybody here, you can think yourself out of anything? Yeah. Do you know what happens the longer you wait, the more you think? Excuses. Come on, come on. That, so that's my next one. Excuses. Who are my excuse people? Well, Lord, apparently you have not considered. Yeah. No, yeah, 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 thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, excuses, excuses. Let me ask you a question. If God tells you to do things, what's a good excuse? Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow. There ain't no good excuse. If God tells you to do it, even you saying I can't is not a good one. Great example. Remember what Peter said to Jesus when Jesus was just taking an afternoon stroll on the water because that's what you do when you Jesus? Peter says, if it's you, tell me to what? Come to you. If God says come, what excuse do I have? Because if he says do, he provides the power and the means to do. As I go. One of my favorite little stories right now, and if you're with our young adults or youth, you've heard it, is in Acts 8, 
You guys remember, the disciples were told to do what? Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he said, go baptizing, you know, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them what? To obey. To obey. Who here, you're like, they, I, I thought it was teach me doctrine. I thought it was teach me revelation. I thought it was teach me to get a good library, get a Bible school degree. Teach me to everything I've said. Hmm. Well, that's awkward. Anyway, so, so in this thing, but then he said, go and wait till the Holy Spirit comes on you because you can't do it on your own. It takes God doing it. Wait till the Holy Spirit comes on you and then you will do what? You will see power and then you will do, go where? You'll preach in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to where? Let's fast forward. Year one, we have gone three feet. Year two, we've gone three feet. Five years in, they still are at where? Jerusalem. Doing thrones. Guess what? Along comes a guy by the name of Philip who is dumb enough to hear and obey. And it says, an angel came to him and said, hey, go down to the road towards Gaza in the desert. Now guys, what's in a desert? Why would you go to a place where there's nothing? Okay, okay, who here? If God said, go to this place where there's nothing, what would be your question? Why? And until you get an answer, you ain't going. Who's my people? Then you ain't going. I speak from personal experience. I'm worse than you by a thousand on this. I am the ultimate question answer. God just puts me on, on, on hold. <laughs> he just knows it. I'm like, God says go. And I'm like, God, yes. <laughs> right? Why? Because I'm like, well, well okay, but, but why? And tell me, if I wanted you to know, I would have told you. Go. But the thing is, Philip is young enough and dumb enough and has a least to lose. He is dumb enough to listen to the angel and go down on a desert road going nowhere. Anybody done this? I'm here, God. I don't know why I'm here. And all of a sudden, a chariot goes by. Philip, young and poor, chariot, limousine. And guess what it says? The spirit. So at this point, all he knows is go to the road. Little step of obedience. Little bit of risk. He said, chase up to the chariot. Now, guys, if you're driving your limousine through a bad section of town, and that road to Gaza was a bad se section of town. That was where the, the bandits were. If you're driving in your limousine with the windows down, and a guy starts running alongside of you, comes up on what you doing what do you do so so because i'm not philip this is what i would have done god that doesn't make any sense he's gonna think i'm a criminal he's right but philip okay is dumb enough to trust and obey dumb enough to hear and do and it says the eunuchs, eunuch, he is the second richest person in the entire Ethiopian empire. He's a, he's a, 
older, Philip younger, they, one's black, one's white. They have nothing in common. He goes, he, he's just up next to it. He doesn't have a plan. Who are my planners? If I don't have a plan, I can't go. God's like, then you won't go. Anyway, so he's sitting there and he's running alongside and God goes, and, and, and he doesn't have a plan. First, an angel speaks. Who are my people? At least an angel. That's, that works for me. But the second was a prompting, interior prompting of the Holy Spirit. That's less. The third one is just a good idea. He sees the guys reading the prophet Isaiah and he goes, what you reading? You know what that means? And the guy goes, man, I mean, who could, how would I know? Who, and who can explain this part to me? By the way, it's the part of Isaiah that to this day rabbis lose their sleep over. And he goes, he goes, you know, about the suffering servant. And he goes, ah, he goes, can I explain it to you? Limousine door opens. Pop down, sonny boy weirdo that I found in the middle of the desert. Tell me more. They begin to go. He begins to explain. Who am I? I'm a young kid to explain the deep mysteries of the universe to this old, wise, wealthy man. Well, he, you're the one who says yes. And he goes, and that guy goes, Whoa! you see that water over there? What's to stop me from being baptized right now? Now, did Philip go, I don't know if I'm deputized. No, he just dunked the dude right then and there. And so began a move of God in an entire nation. Philip discipled nations while the disciples were sitting on their tookish. Why? Because he simply heard and obeyed. Do you know who went to Samaria? Not the disciples. Philip went to Samaria. And the revival broke out. I personally think he met up with Fotini, the Samaritan woman, and they just got party uh, central going on there. But that's the thing is, it, the kingdoms belongs to who? Little kids. Because little kids, I don't ask questions so much as they just, it's just the heart of a child. Listen and obey. Listen and obey. Listen and obey. And what I've discovered is a thousand tiny steps of obedience kills a huge step of, of nothing. Gird yourselves up. <laughs> I feel like we've been like um, processing this a lot because I think this is the place where a lot of us got stuck, where we're just acquiring more and more information, but we're never anything, doing anything with it. And so we just, you know, what does it say? Knowledge does what? Puffs up. But, but love... love Love builds up, right? Unless if you learn how to pray for healing, but you never pray for healing, you're just going to have a check mark and say, I know how to pray for healing, but you will never see anyone healed. If you just, and whatever category it is, if you just have the knowledge, but you never step out and obey in that knowledge, you will never grow. That's why, I don't know, my head exploded, honestly, that, you know, Jesus told them to not just teach them everything, right, that he has commanded. Because that's kind of what I understood. It's like, once I know everything, then I'm okay. He said to teach them 
to obey. I've never been taught to obey. Like, what the heck does that mean? I've been taught information. I've never been like, wow, Masha, like, did you actually do something with this? Like, next week. Like, you've got this thing. You've got this word. You've got this revelation. Have you done that step? Is someone else's lights going on? Because I feel like we've, I've, I've been even thinking about it. We have, like, schools of ministry, academies. I mean, we sit here and get more and more revelation and more and more information. But if we never step out and do something, we'll have nothing. Some of you have been thinking, <laughs> if I could just go to a school of ministry then. Let me tell you, we have been through schools of ministry. We are friends with people, those people on Facebook. 99.8% of them not only did nothing, but most of them are worse off. Why? Because now they feel condemned by what they know and are not doing. Why? So the, here's the deal, is baby steps. Again, if the enemy can't stop you, he'll help you. He'll be like, well, if you were really spiritual. You'll go to Africa. Yeah. Or, or something you go crazy. You right? never prayed for healing, but let's go down to a morgue. Yeah. Right? You know, you're like, 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 no. It's like, no, start on yourself with a headache. Okay, yeah. baby steps, right? Like, yeah. start small. I just want to go to, to love orphans overseas. It's like, love the person next to you. Oh, that's too hard. <laughs> right? But until we actually start obeying, and that's what we've been training with the youth, right? What have we been doing, guys? Those who were there Wednesday. What were we doing with goals? Does anyone remember? What were we doing with goals? We were asking Jesus for a goal, right, to what he wants us to grow in. We were writing it down. And what, what are the things that it had to be? Who remembers from Caleb? Had to be. It had to be definable, specific, very good. Specific. Specific. Realistic. Realistic. What else? You have to you share have to it share with somebody with else. Someone so you could be held accountable, right? Love and accountability. There was one more. Uh, testable. Verifiable. Verifiable. Testable. So, like, did you do it or not? I love people. Who knows? Did you? I don't know. Did they feel loved? Who knows? It, it is amazing when we make things, when we make them specific, realistic, testable, share. You know what the worst thing I ever, I did was I told the youth and the young adults that God had told me to specifically go back to those ladies, realistic, ask forgiveness with no understanding of the outcome, testable, did I do it or not? They asked me every week, good grief. And that again, and I shared it with him. That right there is the difference because you're not meant to carry all this on yourself. One of the best encouragements is people who know you as who God says you are. And when you do a series of these obediences to God, guess what? They rack up very, 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 very quickly. You move forward very quickly and you grow, you grow, you grow. Look at Philip. Philip, okay, what would you think would be the course of of study that would prepare you to disciple a leader of a nation? Know their language. Know their language. Their culture. Their culture. Their customs. 
I mean, get a few degrees. You probably should know all the theology. You probably should be wise. Or you can be young and dumb enough to say yes to Jesus. An example I brought up, there's a guy by the name of Bruce Olson. Met this guy years ago. He's a missionary. When he was 15, 16, he got saved in a totally atheistic family. And uh, he was super smart, so he taught himself Greek and Hebrew in high school and Latin and few other and Spanish and everything else. And at 18, he bought a one-way t- ticket to Columbia, I believe it was. And he went to the universities there where communism was really big, and he began to preach the gospel. And then he heard about a tribe that nobody had ever seen and lived. Because literally for 300 years, since the conquistadores, he had killed every single person who had ever seen this tribe. And he went, Jesus, that's mine. That's mine. I think he was 21 years of age. He, he found a, finally found somebody who would take him to their territory. They got about a few miles from the territory and the tribe shot him. And the pe- people taking him abandoned him. They dragged him back to their camp. And for six months, he lay there dying, but he wouldn't die. They wouldn't feed him. They wouldn't do anything. They just treated him like a dog. He finally was healthy enough and somehow began to learn their language. And as a result, ended up evangelizing this entire tribe and transformed them from being Stone Age into the 20th century without losing their culture to the point that the UN has recognized what an amazing job. And they are doing work throughout. How did this happen? Because there was a young man who listened. I, I bet I could learn languages. Step by step. Those are big obediences we talked about. But in between, there are all these tiny obediences. You may have a huge dream in your heart. And you're like, I could never do it. And you may feel crushed by that dream. Ask God, what is the baby step of obedience today? that you're calling me to do. Maybe God said, I want to restore your marriage. I want to restore your relationship. I want to restore your relationship with your kids. It just feels overwhelming. Ask God for the one step of obedience today. Specific, realistic, verifiable, and share it with someone today. Don't make it this huge monstrous thing. When we look at it, what happens when I see the big monstrous problem? Paralyzed. Fear. Confusion. I begin to worship the problem, not the creator. But when I begin to take small steps of obedience successfully, what do you think I felt after I prayed for that woman for healing? God's pleasure? pleasure? You know why I came out of there? You don't understand. Relief? It actually wasn't even a relief. I was so far past relief because I loved her. What, What shocked me was I realized... I had never, okay, you might, this might be, not be a big thing, but I never once gave a thought to the 10, 12 people all around us while I was praying for her because I just loved her. That to me was like walking on water because most of the time I'm like, oh, don't make a scene. No, I was just, I just, I was so shocked by his love flowing through him. Do you know what I wanted to do? Do it again, God, do it again. See, small obedience encourages you so much that you begin to take more and more and more and it ratchets up really quickly. 
Some of us, we have areas where we have a long time ago told God, uh-uh. Three of us? Mm-mm. What if he's waiting for your yes, but he's going to give you a little obedience in that area? What if you say, well, it's too late. Well, let him be the judge of that. I kept thinking it was too late. God, what are you calling me to do? What's the little step of obedience? What's the little step of obedience? Like some of you, you're like, God's been saying, I need you to share the struggle in sin you've been having with someone. You're like, and the devil goes, that's right. Stand up in front of the church and tell everybody. No, no. God, who is somebody that I could do a little bit of sharing and see if they're safe? God, what is that? What is those first steps of obedience? And then when we obey, keep hearing and obeying. Keep hearing and obeying. And not think that a thousand experiences can do anything without obedience. All of these experiences will actually inoculate you to the presence of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It takes more and more of a dose to get a rise out of you. Why? Because we're not doing anything with what we're seeing. Jesus said, if, you see, if we see him, John said, if we see him, we become like him. When I see him, I then need to become like him. I need to walk it out. But when I do, guess what? I'm going to worship him. Do you know what I was? I was worshiping God coming out of that great clips like there was no tomorrow. I was like, Jesus, there's a God in the Kroger Plaza. <laughs> this is our God. This is our God. He does not ask us what he doesn't empower us to do, but it's baby steps. It's baby steps. How do I know this? Look at the garden. What was the very, the first step of obedience he gave them? Don't eat from one out of a billion trees. That's a baby step. Just a baby step. Whew. So as the worship team comes, my question to you is, don't, and, and again, the enemy will overwhelm you like, there's 43 areas you're in disobedience. Tell them to shut up. God, what's the one area you have your finger on? I'm going to be brave enough ah, to listen to you, ah, though I'm terrified. Ah. Jesus, what's that one area you're putting your finger on? And God, what is the one baby step of obedience you have for me today? That's testable, verifiable, specific, and then I will share it with somebody else. Lord, let's stand. Father, we thank you because you lead us. Where you lead us, you go. You are the good shepherd. You will not leave us abandoned, but you send us your Holy Spirit when you said, those, if you love me, you obey my commands, that you followed up by saying, and I will send my spirit to you. We receive your spirit now. In your name, amen. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.